Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, talk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat them up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on the show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing the latest film from writer-director Taylor Sheridan, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, what survival skill did this movie make you want to learn? I'm Lucas Wright from Chicago, and uh, definitely first aid. Not going to get into spoilers here, but the first aid that comes up in this movie is minimal, and um, it made me realize I need to brush up on some of that stuff. I mean, that's a great choice, because that is going to come in handy whether you're running for your life or just like whether you hurt yourself in your own home. It'll definitely, <laughs> yeah, it'll definitely get the most screen time in my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I am Sandra Amstutz. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and... This skill probably wouldn't get very much screen time in my life, but I'm desperate to learn it. I want to learn how to go on the run and not be tracked. (laughs) I want to learn how to remove my digital footprint. I want to learn how to disguise myself so that I can't, you know, be found when I'm on the run. Um, this is something I've wanted to know for a long time, and this movie just made me want to know it even more. I have so much more to say about that once we get into the movie, but I think I think it's a great skill that you never know when it's going to when the you know that I, need's going to come up. So might as well might as well get started. Yeah, I've always just you know I, we can talk about it again more when we t- get to the movie. But there were some influences in my life at a very young age that really made me think I'm going to have to be on the yeah, run, like for sure. I, I'm, people are going to be tracking me down, and I'm going to have to go yep. on the run. <laughs> um, and that that thought has never really left my brain. Yeah. So I think I think therapy is probably a good option for you, but also, <laughs> that, that, you know, and a, a two survival skills therapy, <laughs> talk therapy, and, and digital footprint removal. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, we're going to talk about survival skills much more later on in this episode. But first, I want to know, Lucas, what are you feeling this week? Okay. So recently, I've been digging into some musicians who have gained popularity as teenagers by posting covers on YouTube. I know, it's really niche. Um, but this week, I'm actually feeling one of those teenagers turned, now adults, I guess. But this week, I am feeling the latest single from Orla Gart- Gartland, um, who is a 25-year-old Irish singer-songwriter who has already been releasing music for over a decade, um, but is about to drop her first full album sometime this year. And so one of the singles from her album, uh, More Like You, is one that I have just been listening to over and over again. It's a very um, kind of poppy Regina Spector, um, Imogen Heap type song um, that I have just just really been loving. What?
she's got a very fun sound. Um, I've really enjoyed her music. She's had some music. Um, she's had, I think, three or four EPs that have come out, and some of her songs have been featured in um, quite a few like t- TV shows and stuff like that. Most recently, she had two songs in um, the TV show Normal People, which I know you loved. Um, Absolutely. And I still have not gotten around to. <laughs> Lucas, <laughs> you've got to make know, time for normal people. It's happening. It's definitely happening this year. Uh, but yeah, that's Orla Gartland's new single, More Like You. I was really digging that. As soon as you said that she reminds you of like Regina Spector, I immediately thought, you know, that is a type of um, music that I've been missing in my life lately. Um, yeah. I was, I was so into Regina Spector in college and um, – yeah, that's all. That's She's a great. hole that's in my musical library that I I would love to fill. Um, I'm I'm excited to check her out. You absolutely should. Um, what are you feeling this week? So this week I'm feeling a new HBO show called Hacks. It stars uh, Jean Smart and um, what's her name? Hannah Einbinder. Uh, Jean Smart in this show plays sort of a Joan Rivers. Figure. She's an um, older, you know, legendary female comic who has a long-standing Vegas show, um, but is maybe you know kind of losing some of her um, allure and, and losing maybe might be losing her time slot. And she's incredibly wealthy, um, but there's this you know darkness that is ever present with her. Um, and then Hannah Einbinder plays a 20-something comedy writer who has been canceled um, in Hollywood for a joke she made on Twitter and can't find a, a, a writing job and has to resort to um, writing for Gene Smart's co- um, character in moving to Vegas, writing for her character as it's the only job that she can find. Um, and so it's about these two women that are obsessed with comedy and jokes and joke structure and they're both also kind of mean and dark and sad and they (laughs) bicker and and they they don't really uh, um they're trying to figure out how to connect with each other or how not to connect with each other as the case may be um the show premiered this past week, and they, they put out the first two episodes, um, and I ate them up as quickly as I could. Everything about this show is so up my alley. I love um, I love learning about stand-up comedians. I love especially I especially love shows about like dark women. And this show is just like kind of the perfect combination of those two things. Especially everything they're doing with Gene Smart's character. I, um, did you, Lucas, did you ever watch the Joan Rivers documentary? No, I didn't. I I haven't seen it in a long time, but my memory was that it was a great documentary that really kind of got into the psyche of this incredibly prominent figure in our entertainment industry and how she, you know, worked herself. Until her dying day, essentially. Like, she um, never stopped working and never stopped caring about being incredibly funny. And I'm really excited to see Gene Smart tackle um, a figure similar to this. Um, Someone who, 
even though in an industry that doesn't value like the comedic stylings of older women is still making herself heard and, and, you know, isn't giving up on this kind of sick passion that she has for comedy. Um, So I'm so excited about this show. I love a good HBO half hour, and this just is going to be the one that I watch as soon as a new episode comes out. That's awesome. Do you have any interest in watching this, Lucas? I absolutely do. I love, love Gene Smart. Um, and this, when this, the first trailer of this first came out, I was like, this is definitely something I will watch. I have a hard time with shows or movies about comedy, um, like about comedians actually performing and stuff like that. Cause I, th- I feel like when you have to, when you have to put like writing jokes and performing jokes inside of a movie, it does a weird thing with the comedy show to where it's like, art is it supposed to be good? How bad is it supposed to be? Some of those things that's like difficult for me to wrap, wrap my brain around. Cool. Um, but everything else about this, I think I'm very excited about. And I am curious to see like how the jokes land. Are, are, are they writing good jokes? Are they writing bad jokes? What, what, what's the, right. What's, so the, what's the vibe there? Obviously the there's only been two episodes, so a lot could change, but at least in these first two episodes, one thing that I think is a great call is that there's not a lot of time spent with um, the Gene Smart character on stage performing the material. Yeah. You know, we get clips of it or or a lot of times if, if we're hearing her perform a joke on stage, the you're hearing it from the background. You know, you're back... We're from the point of view of backstage and you're kind of hearing her perform that joke um, to an audience full of, you know, Vegas uh, tourists. Yeah. But the show is really focusing more on the inner lives of these two women and then also like them writing jokes and talking about writing jokes versus watching actors pretend to be stand-ups performing jokes got it um which i think is a really really smart move um (laughs) and you know like i am such a huge fan of um a show that many people hate um for very good reason um which is studio 60 on the sunset strip Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things that i like about that show but one of the things i do like is the way that they it's like these intellectual comedians discussing what makes a joke funny. Um, and while studio 60, I think wasn't always funny. <laughs> um, I, I still like that conversation, witnessing that conversation. And that is something that is definitely present in this show. I like that. I'm excited about that. I think, I think for me, a lot of times when the conversation in the movie or in the TV show is around, like, are they good? And then we get to judge for ourselves is, I don't love that as much because I like every, it's it's all you know perspective and so like it's it's kind of the same thing when there are bands in in movies sure. when it's about just being in the band it's it's fine but when the conversation in the movie is how good right. are they are they getting better all of that stuff it's just so subjective to me that it like it does it's it's a weird thing that doesn't really work for me so I'm very excited about hacks um, it's definitely something I'm gonna end up watching yeah. Can't, yeah, I'm so excited for you to watch it. Um, it's made by um, a lot of the same creators from Broad City, um, which I think is really cool because this is – you sense that influence, but this does not feel like another version of Broad City by any means. Broad City had a wackiness that this, uh, the, this show um, 
I think is going to be able to use at times, but is not the main tone of this show. So it's exciting to also see that evolution of these creators. Nice. I'm excited about that. Wonderful. All right. So now let's move on to our next section, which we call In or Out, where we discuss some of the most recent movie trailers that have been released, and we decide if we are in or out on those movies based on these trailers. What's it gonna be? Consider carefully. Are you in? first trailer we're going to talk about is for the sequel to Venom called Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, Lucas, did you see Venom? I did. Um, the, the... We've never talked about this. What? How did you feel about Venom? I have not seen um, it. I don't think it's a good movie. I think it feels, it felt very like early 2000s superhero movie. Um, trying to introduce you to some of the wackiness of superheroes, as if we haven't been watching superhero movies for like the last twenty years. Um, I yeah, I don't, I don't think it was good. I think Tom Hardy is insane. Um, in that movie, <laughs> I think he really just gets to let loose, which is a lot of fun to see. But the story makes no sense. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's that good. So I, all that say, I was not looking forward to Venom versus Carnage. Um, let there be Carnage. Let there be Carnage. Venom versus Carnage. <laughs> yeah. Venom, let there, colon, let there be carnage. <laughs> um, was not looking forward to that. So, but I think this trailer for me shows a little bit more of the wackiness um, of, you know, this relationship uh, in this movie. Um, it's directed by Andy Serkis, which I think is, you know, wild. Um, and I'm, I'll, it's, it's honestly a movie that I will actually probably end up seeing once it comes out in theaters. I still don't, or not theaters, once it comes out like on streaming years from now. I don't think this movie is going to be good. Um, the trailer didn't look great, but um, there were some fun elements of it that I that I enjoyed. I never saw Venom. Um, I saw um, I, Venom always seemed to me like a movie that you know everyone seemed to think it was bad, but in a fun way. Yeah. Um, the presence of Jenny Slate kind of enticed me, but. <laughs> um, I I never She's actually in the movie made for this. like two minutes. <laughs> right, I'm totally down to watch a movie that's bad in a fun way, but Venom always just seemed, for lack of a better word, gross. Like it was just kind of like, do I really just want to sit through this monster slash hero that is just kind of gross looking? And <laughs> watching this tr- this new trailer for the sequel. I was immediately like reminded of that sensation. Um, what I want to give this trailer though is a really, really strong opening scene. And this opening scene in the trailer where, you know, Tom Hardy and Venom are kind of coexisting and Venom's making breakfast. Um, if the whole trailer was that, I would be sold on this movie. I would be like, this looks like a comedy that I am down for. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and having the the lady who works at, like, the bodega slash, you know, convenience store, having her say, like, hello, Venom. Um, again, very charmed by that whole concept. The rest of the trailer that's more about the superhero villain and the story and all of that seemed very mediocre. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize when I was watching the trailer that it was directed by Andy Serkis. And that is fascinating because Andy Serkis has like such a limited career as a director. And 
this is a sh- an interesting um, direction for him to go in. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Venom to let me let Venom let there be carnage, which oh my god, that title <laughs> is not a priority for me. I think I'm yeah. out on this yeah. movie. I, I I feel you. All right, <laughs> let's move on to the next um, trailer on our list. All right, Lucas, you added this movie, and I've got to tell you, I've got a bone to pick with you about it. Um, okay. You've added Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins to our trailers <laughs> list. Yes. The trailer yeah. that I was able to find was one minute long. Is that the same trailer that you were able to see? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it didn't even That's really a feel like a trailer. So I guess my question is, like, what is this movie? <laughs> I I still – I my issue with this trailer is that I don't really understand what this movie is. Um, I understand more from the, the phrase G.I. Joe origins than I do from this trailer. Yeah. Um, I honestly have no idea what this trailer is. <laughs> okay. But it's Henry Golding um, yes. as – Snake Eyes, you know, the one of the many, many famous characters from the G.I. Joe franchise. Couldn't tell you a single one. Barely could tell you G.I. Joe. I know, yeah, yeah, same. Um, I think as action figures, this was one of everybody's favorites um, because it was a, a maskless ninja. Um, okay. Or not a maskless, a faceless ninja oh. um, growing up. And so this, I think, and in the, the previous G.I. Joe movies, which, again, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert on those, um, it was very, I mean, he was very basic. Like, he didn't really talk. He didn't really take his mask off all that, that much. And he wasn't really, he was really a non-character. And so I've been very interested in Henry Golding's career and kind of where where he goes. Um, and so to see him kind of take on this character who before has not had much of a personality and hopefully <laughs> giving him more of a personality, um, I'm very interested in what that looks like. I think the G.I. Joe franchise has been kind of a mess um but they have been fun action movies um and they've done a good job i think of casting leads like channing tatum and stuff like that too who have brought a lot of i think fun energy to those movies um and i'm excited to see and hopefully that henry golding does the same thing here so again know very little about this movie you're right it is a one minute trailer so i'm not sure it entirely counts i'd say it's more of a teaser but I am – it looks looks fun. I'm pumped about Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe, colon, G.I. Joe Origins. <laughs> I've got to say, this trailer didn't get me excited for this movie. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really sour on it, actually, after seeing this trailer. Really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. mostly – maybe it's just because it's that bad of a trailer. Maybe the movie's not that bad, but it's more just like this trailer is not, I don't think, very well crafted in, in any way to educate me or entice me. I agree. Me. Um Yep. However, I too am very interested in Henry Golding's career. Um, I think he's like a charismatic new, you know, young Hollywood star. And so there's so many different things you can do with someone with that like potential. And it, it was bound to happen that he would be getting this, you know, action franchise started. Uh, that that happens to every yeah. kind of new young, poten- you know, actor with a lot of potential. The one thing I'm looking at his IMDb, and let me tell you the thing that I am most excited about is that he is going to be starring in an adaptation of Persuasion with Dakota Johnson. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, because Henry Golding to me, I'm sure he'll be fine as this action star, but I don't, I'm not interested in that from him in this in, in his career. 
doing a Jane Austen adaptation <laughs> like that is very very interesting to me. Um, I think the best thing he's made since Crazy Rich Asians is a simple favor. Um, I think that's him like doing something weird and interesting. I haven't seen a lot of others, but a lot of them haven't seemed great from what I've heard. Um, so persuasion is something that I am, I'm keeping an eye on because that, that I can't wait for. Snake Eyes, I'm not going to be keeping an eye on this film. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Swing and a miss there for you. Yeah. Big time. So the next movie on our list is Stillwater, the new Matt Damon movie. So this is about a father, an Oklahoma father, um, who ends up trying to help his daughter who has been arrested for murder. Um, Now, I came into this movie knowing a lot about it because (laughs) – I have a lot of friends and family in Oklahoma that have been talking about Matt Damon shooting a movie there for years. Oh, interesting. And Matt Damon is always there, always, you know, shooting this movie called Stillwater. It's going to be this big Oklahoma movie, blah, 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 blah. And then finally the trailer came out and I was like, I want to watch this. I can't wait to see this Oklahoma movie. And almost the entire movie is in France. <laughs> he just go. he's from Oklahoma and he goes to France for the entire so plot of funny. this movie. <laughs> I know. So, um, so I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. As far as the movie goes, I'm very interested in it. I think any, especially in the political climate that we are in today, anytime you put a, <laughs> um, kind of like a southern good old boy white man as your protagonist in a mostly foreign setting, um, I feel like there's a little bit of tension just in, in there inherently. I think I'm interested to see kind of what this looks like. Um, Matt Matt Damon, I like a lot of his stuff. Tom McCarthy, the director, um, who did Spotlight and um, The Station Agents, two really, really great movies. I have hope that this is actually going to be really good. I'm curious to see kind of plot-wise how this story plays out. Um, but I'm I'm just a fan of a lot of the people involved, so I'm, I'm definitely in on it. So here's what I'll say about this Stillwater trailer. I found it totally very confusing but i'm very intrigued at the same time um i you know when i saw this trailer i don't think i really even got that it was set in france i don't think that's incredibly (laughs) wasn't very clear to me in the trailer however seeing that it is from tom mccarthy um has me way more intrigued now than i was when i was watching this trailer because Spotlight is one of my favorite films of all time. I think Spotlight is a perfect film. And so anyone who can make Spotlight, I'm going to give their next their other <laughs> films a chance. Um, and he hasn't done a big film since Spotlight. He's done, I think, a little, some TV stuff. And I think he did like a Disney Plus like kids movie. Right. Um, but this is like his first like adult, you know, drama um after spot yes and he also made um this movie that not a lot of people have seen but that is really really good called win-win did you see that lucas yes i did that is also really good so good and so i've been a fan of his ever since win-win and then spotlight just became you know really really just a masterpiece and so yes so this has me intrigued but not fully sold (laughs) I would say at this point, um, oh. I'm, I'm going to ha- this is going to be one where I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it, but I'm not, you know, buying a ticket opening night. Well, all my Oklahoma people, I think are going to be <laughs> sorely be disappointed <laughs> once they realize that this is a French movie right. <laughs> for the most part. Absolutely. <laughs> but, 
but yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm 100 in. I I I agree with you that the trailer feels a little inconsistent, but um, I have faith in this movie. So yes, excited. Okay, now let me tell. Let's talk about a trailer for a movie that spoiler alert I will be seeing opening night, and that is <laughs> the Green Knight from writer director yes. David Lowry, starring my prince Dev Patel. Um, this movie, man, we have been anticipating this movie for a really long time, and so long. it's finally coming. So long. Um, we a trailer has already been released for this film over a year ago and we're now oh did it yes there was a okay. i don't remember how long remember the trailer it... was but there was definitely a trailer that came out um however okay. they've re-released a new trailer for this new release date for this film and i i didn't compare the two but this new trailer um is fantastic and i i was i'm excited i was excited about this film based on just the premise alone but the visuals that we're seeing in the trailer, the tone that this trailer is presenting, man, I couldn't be more pumped. Um, how did you feel about this trailer? I think this is a great trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um, in general, I think David Lowry, I think he cuts his own, I think he cuts his own trailers. I'd have to look into that. Um, but all of the trailers for his movies are fantastic. Um, and his movies are st- to me, I think some of the most interesting, like thought-provoking movies that I see, uh, even even Peach Dragon, which was um, like a Disney kids movie, I thought was like just so interesting and had a lot to like think about from a just from an adult level. Um, so I am a huge fan of his. Um, this movie, yeah. So I. I guess I saw this movie. I saw it over a year ago at this point. This was like one of the last movies that I saw in theaters. <laughs> you got invited um, to like an audience and, like preview screening. Yes. So the visual effects weren't done, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but there was a, you know, a screening and then, um, you know, we, we took notes and stuff and everything like that. So um, it looks like based on the trailer, the movie has changed from when I saw it. Fascinating. <laughs> Um, so I'm curious to compare, you know, what I saw over a year ago to what's coming out now. That'll be but such it, an interesting conversation that I can't wait for us to have. It will be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> um, because it, it, it was a little, it was a little rough at that point. Like it wasn't, not as in like, it wasn't good, but just like it, you could tell it wasn't finished. Um, and so, but I gotta say like the visuals of this movie, the the uh, actors in this movie are fantastic. It's so I'm so excited about seeing the actual release of the Green Knight. Finally, yeah, I love that Dev Patel is doing these uh, with it with this and like David Copperfield. He's taking these British um, characters, like iconically British characters, um, and he's just being them you know they've been typically portrayed as white and he's like yeah i'm british i'm gonna do this as well so it's very fun to see i mean i will watch him do anything but let me tell you yeah a like medieval legend is so exciting to me and i love fairy tales i love legends i love myths and seeing dev patel take this on and seeing it come from this is an a24 film right um seeing Mm -hmm. it come not as like a big blockbuster retelling, but as this like really artistic, thoughtful drama. Um, I, it couldn't excite me more. I this yeah. is you know after I would probably say maybe in the heights. This is my most anticipated movie of the yeah. summer. Um, 
So pumped. And I'm glad we got a, a trailer on this list that you're super <laughs> yeah, excited about. Same, <laughs> same. same. So. All right. Well, that was in or out. Um, are you ready to talk about those who wish me dead? Let's do it. Those Who Wish Me Dead, we were very excited to talk about this film. We just saw the trailer. I feel like it was only like one or two epi- podcast episodes ago where, where Those Who Wish Me yeah. Dead was in our in or out section. Um, yeah. Before we get into our thoughts on the film, I do just want to mention the fact that Lucas and I have both been in the movie theaters for the first time um, since the pandemic started this past week. And I really want to ask you, Lucas, how that felt. What did you go see? How did it feel? Yes. So the, the art house theater by my house um, was doing a heist week. And so showing a bunch of heist movies. And so I was like, that's actually probably the perfect way for me to ease back into the theater. Totally. <laughs> so I went to a afternoon screening of Ocean's Eleven. Um, and it was glorious. It was so nice. It is weird... Um, when I went in, they had like the seating rope roped off like every other row, um, not every seat. Um, so, you know, usually you walk into an empty theater and just pick kind of whatever seat you want. And so there's a little more, um, nuance to finding a seat that you like, (laughs) um, in this kind of situation, but it felt very safe. It felt great. Um, I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. Um, and it was so nice to be in a theater again with a bunch of people watching a movie. Yeah. So I got to go to a theater last night for the first time. I went and saw this movie, Those Who Wish Me Dead, at the AMC theater. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. And so I was, you know, it wasn't surprising, but I was very emotional being back in a theater. Um, yeah. Going through the motions of like, checking in and getting your ticket and finding your seat um the theater that i was in you know it was kind of reserved seating so there weren't seats weren't specifically roped off but you know you knew which seat you were going to be in and and there was only like one or two other people in my whole theater so it wasn't really a concern um and also i am vaccinated and so i've been ready to go back to the theater since I was vaccinated. However, um, there hadn't been anything in theaters that had really, you know, made me want to make the drive essentially. Right. And yeah, (laughs) when we were planning on seeing this or talking about this film on the podcast, those who wish me dead, it's playing on HBO max right now. Um, so I could have watched it at home and there, and that was very tempting, you know, every time when I would think like, maybe I'll go see it in a theater instead, I would think, well, there's very few show times available because they're not, you know, they don't have endless amounts of show times right now. So I'd have to go at this very specific time. And do I want to drive half an hour to go when I could just eat dinner at my house right now? You know, all these different things. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of kept putting it off until, you know, last night when I finally had the free time in my schedule to make it out. But I'm so, so glad that I did because it was so nice to be to see a movie on a big screen again and also to you know i'm fairly good at paying attention to movies at home however if i'm watching a movie by myself um at at, at my house there is always going to be that temptation to get on your phone during a scene that's not immediately grabbing you right and i love 
like forcing myself into that environment where I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm going to focus on this movie for this entire period of time. And it's all I'm going to think about. Um, yeah, it was great. I can't wait to be going back week after week throughout the summer. Um, I know. Yeah. My theater has been doing, um, like garden screenings in their kind of outdoor area as yeah. well. They have a, a big projector screen. And so I've been going to those this week too. I'm going again tonight. So it's nice. What are you going to see tonight? I'm seeing sister act fun. So they've fun. been doing some like fun, older screenings. So I also watched uh fantastic Mr. Fox out there, which is, it's just Lovely. great. I love being in theaters. What movie Lucas, <laughs> do you think is going to be the first new release you're going to see in a theater? Have you thought about that? I think, I think in the Heights. In the Heights. So you're so you won't so. be going to an opening night screening of Cruella like I will be. <laughs> oh gosh, no, absolutely not. I've heard. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that movie. But, I've heard oh, it's no. better than people expect. So I hope so. I really. I'm hope actually so. kind of excited about it. Um, so Good. yeah, so I'm gonna definitely go see Cruella. Um, and then in the Heights is the is the next on the docket that you know, I I'm just praying that. I, in the Heights gets shown on an IMAX screen. Like, I don't even care if it was shot in IMAX. I just want to see it <laughs> on an IMAX screen. Oh, man. Um, well, we're really, really excited about being back in theaters. And so just for everyone on the pod, um, I hope that y'all are looking forward to a summer movie schedule because we have been missing it and we're excited for it. Um, let's talk about this movie that I got to see last night in a theater and that you got to watch at home. Um, those Who Wish Me Dead. It's the newest film from director, writer-director Taylor Sheridan. And it stars Angelina Jolie as um, a firefighter who is trying to keep a young teenage boy alive who is being hunted by assassins. Um, like I mentioned, we talked about this movie a few weeks ago when the trailer first came out. Um, and we kind of briefly talked about Taylor Sheridan and our history with him as a writer and now as a writer-director. So you were excited about this movie, right, Lucas? I was very excited about it. Yeah, I love I love Taylor Sheridan um, and all of the work that he's done basically so far, except Yellowstone, obviously. Haven't seen Yellowstone. I know I, it'll, it'll be something I start watching when I'm 40, I'm sure. Yeah. Right, um, right. But, too young. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I... Um, so yeah, so so going into this knowing that he uh, he's directing it and also wrote a draft of it. Um, it looks like he he picked it up um, after somebody else, some other people had already written on it. I don't have them pulled up, but um, but yeah, I and I'm very curious about Angelina Jolie's career. I think she's had just such an interesting you know run of things, and everybody in this movie is just someone I'm interested in. Aiden Gillen, um, what's his face? Nicholas Holt. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was very I I highly anticipated it. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be like the greatest movie in the world. Um I think he has a very high bar with his other movies. Um and this one I didn't think would probably be at that level, but I was very excited about it. I you know, I like some of the stuff that I've seen from Taylor Sheridan. I've actually not seen that much. Um but I I've heard People like you and pe people on podcasts who I love talk about how much they love his work. Um, I particularly liked Hell or High Water, which um, yeah. you know has a lot in common with this movie in that it's about um, two two brothers that are kind of like trying to get a job accomplished, and then also someone like trying to find track them down. Um, so there there's some similarities. 
Hell or High Water was so good at, like, really embodying Texas and, like, a sense of place. And um, Mm -hmm. I kind of came into this movie, yeah, wondering what Taylor Sheridan would do with um, this particular story and, like you mentioned, with Angelina Jolie and, like, her star power, right? Um, Ultimately, when I, after seeing this movie... I think it was really, really fun. I think especially seeing it in a theater, I had a really great time with this. It's not going to be a movie that I'm going to like put on any top 10 list or tell everyone they have to go see, but I was supremely satisfied with it. And I think, again, I'm going to be coming at this with the context of it being my first film in theaters that I've seen in over a year. (laughs) I think that like... Going to a theater and feeling super satisfied in what you've seen is a feeling that I'm incredibly grateful right now, um, grateful for. So that is like where I'm leaving this film. I have a lot of other thoughts um, about kind of its influences, but I want to first hear what you ultimately thought about Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yeah. So from someone who has a more, um, I would say, honest understanding of this movie because i didn't see it in a theater i've been seeing it like i've been seeing most of my movies this year (laughs) um i had so much fun with this movie (laughs) um i think it's what's what's funny is there's a lot of plot early on in this movie and we'll get into that in spoilers but i think like the first 10 minutes of the movie i was thinking i might actually really hate this movie oh interesting. Um, yeah so i think the first like the first 10 minutes of this movie i don't think are good i think are actually very bad um and then it just gets very fun <laughs> um, and very exciting and kind of gets into, I think, what Taylor Sheridan does best, which is um, drama through action and really letting you know people's um, uh, like personalities and mindsets and understanding of the world through a lot of the stuff that they're doing. And when you're having to give a lot of uh you know boring exposition and stuff like that up front i think it really hampers this movie so i think this movie is a little shaggy um and i i agree it's not like one of the best movies or anything like that but i just had a lot of fun with it um and it did some very interesting and unexpected things um uh, which i yeah i doesn't happen a lot in movies for me so totally. so i've got to bring up what this movie was reminding me of the entire time i was watching it and that was yeah. truly one of my favorite childhood films, um, The Pelican Brief. I <laughs> loved that movie as a kid and have continued to love it. And Those Who Wish Me Dead feels like, and I don't mean this as an insult, but it feels like a more violent, less intellectual version of The Pelican Brief. Um <laughs> and less intellectual sounds like an insult, but I don't mean it to be. I just mean that, like, oh, um, the Pelican Brief is focusing on the, like, the who's, you know, who committed this crime that this big governmental conspiracy that our main character is on the run from, right? And it, it focuses on a reporter also doing this investigating and, and then... Well, the thriller aspects are woven into the story. This movie um, is more focused on the survival and the violence that is being perpetrated in this film. And that's just a different focus that this film has. Um, But, you know, thrilling nonetheless. And I 
like you said, there was a lot of stuff that this film, it surprised me in the directions that this film took. I can't wait to talk about those in spoilers. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it was, it was good to just watch like a really satisfying thriller where I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I was like excited to be along for the ride with these characters. Yeah. I think, um, from a character perspective, you can really tell that this was based on a book because there's uh, a lot of characters and I think there's a lot of – it feels like there's a lot of story that there that we don't get a deep dive into, um, which I think is fine. I think you could have cut down some more, which I'm excited to talk about. Um, but I think the characters that are there are a lot of fun and very interesting mm -hmm. to me. Um, and I think um, kind of the way that this story is told with kind of the perspective of – there's so much here that you don't need to know that doesn't matter to the plot of this. Um, and so we're just not going to tell it to you, I think is, is, is always great for me. So like, we don't need to know the backstories of like what, what exactly the, you know, conspiracies are and why, because it's not important to our characters. <laughs> They're just trying to survive. And so all of that stuff, I think, uh, to me, I'm glad got kind of pushed aside in favor of, um, of, of more of the action beats that we get here. Yeah, so I think we're both really itching to talk about spoilers because this is kind of a film that yeah. really, you know, yeah. you need to talk about the plot in order to talk, talk about the film. Um, was there true. anything else you wanted to say before we moved on to spoilers? I think, I think like the Pelican Brief, this is going to be a movie that because it's on, you know, HBO Max and people are just going to be able to see it kind of whenever. I do think there's going to be like teenagers who love this movie. <laughs> like 10 years yeah. from now, they're going to be talking about like, this is a movie that was just on HBO that I just had a ton of fun with as a kid. Um, and I, I just expect that to, to, to happen. As this well. also feels like the kind of movie that you could really convince like all the dads to watch or like if you're trying to pick a family movie yeah. night that's you know um it's not like for kids and that it's a family movie night but it's a family movie night and that like people from a lot of different um generations teens and up could really get interested in this right definitely um, i mean it's definitely an r an r-rated film so i right. mean like there's there's blood and violence but um but absolutely like as far as like a bunch of people generationally getting together to watch it. I think a lot of people would have fun yeah. with it. Um, all right, well, let's move into spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, crack and gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. Okay, before we start talking about plot, I just want to mention something that I'm seeing in the IMDb description of this film. Um, that is making me laugh. So in the IMDb description, it says that, you know, this kid is being pursued by twin assassins. Uh, what? Yeah. So I, in the film that I was watching, when we were watching the movie, I didn't, I recognized that the two assassins were partners. And then I read some stuff on Wikipedia that kind of implied that they were brothers, which I didn't really get from watching the movie. Didn't get that at all. But, it is very funny. I don't know if they're supposed to be technically brothers or if, as this IMDb description says, twins. But if they are supposed to be twins, that's hilarious because... There's no way they're supposed to be Nicholas twins. Nicholas Holt was be. born in 1989 <laughs> and Aiden Gillen yeah. is born in 1968. So... <laughs> yeah. Some real I did not take them as brothers right at there. all. Even. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't even take them as brothers in the... Yeah, movie. I think they're supposed um, to be brothers. Okay, interesting. They're um I like 
I like their partnership in this movie a lot, and I think they have kind of a familiarity with each other that that works really well. Um, like I said, it sounds like a lot of the backstory of them and kind of what their deal is gets is not put in this movie for for obvious yeah. reasons, and I don't think you need it. I don't like I don't need their whole backstory. <laughs> I just know that they work well together. They're super efficient, and uh, they. I mean, they really know what they're doing, which is very fun to kind of have that mystery going into it. Totally. I mean, obviously, they're villainous and evil in a way that you really root against. Um, but yeah. they're so interesting to watch. To, to see that, like, precision in their jobs um, is fat, fun to watch in the way that, like, heist films are fun to watch, right? Um, yeah. And Nicholas Holt especially, I just really... I just I'm ex- I'm always excited to see him in a film and this one I felt Same. he was really really good at. Yeah. And what I like about Nicholas Holt is that he is an actor that could have gone the route of only taking movies where he's the lead character and instead he's acting in a lot of interesting movies and isn't afraid to be um have a smaller part, you know what I mean? Um I think yeah. he has a, a really funny. cool film career because of that and I appreciate that. So Let's talk about how, yeah, how this film doesn't really provide a lot of context or really kind of any information about what the big secret is that all these people are dying for. I kept waiting for that reveal to happen at the end, um, similar to Pelican Brief. And then it just, then I realized in that closing shot, I was like, oh, it's not coming. We're not going to find out. what you know grand conspiracy you know this this kid is gonna be unveiling and i think for me the one uh kind of misstep there that makes you feel like that's gonna happen is tyler perry being in this movie yeah um i (laughs) i think the fact that they have a whole scene where they go to him and talk to him about like needing to you know keep tracking down the kid and you know everything that this could mean to people and blah 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 blah, makes you feel like there that there will be a reveal as to what it is that that's kind of going on if he were completely out of this movie and it was just those two killers continuing to track him down i don't think you would have felt that right however i love a tyler perry cameo i Um, i felt the same way (laughs) like like, i love seeing tyler perry (laughs) loved seeing him but i do agree that that kind of set up an expectation that was never fulfilled yep yeah. Um, another thing that I found really surprising about this film was that we got as much screen time as we did with um, John, the John Bernthal character and his wife. Um, and mostly his wife for me. Yeah. <laughs> that like I really thought this I was movie shocked. was going to be just an Angelina Jolie vehicle, you know, where it's her and the yeah. kid. And yeah, the fact that it was more of this ensemble, I think was a really great decision. Um, but I, I didn't expect it coming in. Yeah. I thought it was a very fun surprise. Um, I kind of wish, I feel like there's a lot that you could have done to make that a little bit clearer up front. Um, that that's what we were getting. I think a lot of it, obviously the marketing wants to be like Angelina Jolie. Um, but I do think like storytelling wise, this is more fun to, to have it be kind of like a, you know, a three piece here. Um, I I didn't know how much John Barenthal was in it, but at the beginning, it makes it pretty obvious that he's going to be kind of like a bigger part of the movie than I thought it, he was going yeah. to be. Um, but when he comes home and he has a pregnant wife, especially after just seeing Without Remorse um, last right. week. Uh, 
Which I haven't seen. I, is there I was a pregnant like, woman in that? Yeah, I mean, and this isn't a spoiler. I mean, it is a spoiler, but it happens like within the first couple minutes. But it's a spoiler for for every uh, action movie. Right. Um, you know, guy's pregnant wife dies, and the whole rest of the movie is about you know him getting revenge and stuff right. like that. Um, so when when he came home and he had a pregnant wife, I was just like, oh my gosh, is she gonna die? And that's gonna be like a big motivation for this movie. I'm not excited about that. And so then it kind of like leads up to that, and you're just like, ugh, I am not into what this movie is doing with this character. And then just 180 twists, and she just goes rogue. And yeah. I loved it. It was so fun to see her and just the unexpectedness of kind of what it, everything that happens there. I loved it when. They show up to the house, and she's there, and mm-hmm. we know that they're planning on killing everyone who they interact with. Yeah. Yeah. I was – in that theater, that was when I my, like, my blood turned, and I was just kind of like, yeah. if this movie kills this pregnant lady, I don't know if I can forgive yeah. it. Like, I don't know yeah. if I can <laughs> forgive this film for killing this pregnant lady right now. Yes. Um, yeah. And so the fact that they didn't and that they made her – incredibly resourceful and um this like badass character um is what honestly is kind of like what makes the movie a fun and great movie for me um it made me want to go to her survival school i was like sign me up (laughs) i want to learn everything she could teach me yeah um yeah the moment when she walks outside and like looks at the three modes of transportation she has which is an atv a motorcycle and a horse and just kind of like rolls her eyes just like oh my gosh (laughs) six months pregnant yeah Yeah. um oh gosh yeah there's so many scenes in this film that like are gonna stick with me um the first being you know i mentioned earlier on in the episode how I really have always felt, probably because I internalized the Pelican Brief at a really young age, that I was going to have to go on the run from the government. That, like, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I need to pack a go bag, I need cash, I need wigs. Mm-hmm. Like, what what do I do? How do you go on the run and not be tracked? I'm just picturing you as, like, a middle schooler with just a go bag <laughs> under your bed that your parents find. I'm just like, what's going on here? I never created a go bag but i have often made lists of what should be in my go bag yes yeah of course um yeah so the so starting off at that opening where the father is kind of going on the run and um is preparing Mm -hmm. for for that reality um and writing the note of course i was super invested in that um i kind of feel differently than you that those opening sequences where we're kind of seeing all the different characters in their own settings and they, they haven't, um, their storylines haven't converged yet. Um, that really worked for me. I think because I had seen the trailer and I know the premise, you know, what's coming and you're just kind of like, Oh, I wonder how they're going to get there. Right. Um, so I, I think the scenes with the kid and the dad worked for me. I think it was the John Barenthal and Angelina Jolie scenes that I was just kind of like, eh, why is this yeah, here? I get that. Um, it, the the backstory of like her trauma, I don't think was ever flushed out well. Um, it was always just kind of referenced to, and then and never like, um, I, that didn't work for me as much as like other aspects of the film did. Um, I mean, the, the the movie starts with her with waking up 
from a dream of that, right. which have we seen a million exactly. times. So yeah, I was not not into that. Yeah. I think it would have worked really well if she was traumatized and we don't know why this whole movie right. and she has to like tell that story to the kid is when we finally hear about right. it. I think that would have worked a lot better and we wouldn't have needed a lot of that early backstory yeah. of her being reckless. Like her on the truck parachuting off of that. Like all of those things are the things that I was just like, what is happening here? Why why are we watching sure. this? <laughs> so. Sure. Um Another scene that's, like, really standing out in my mind, though, as just, like, I'm never going to forget this scene, is when the kid is up in the tower with Angelina Jolie, and he asks her, are you someone I can trust? You know? Yeah. What a performance from that kid in that moment. That kid is so good. So good. (laughs) And... It also made me really like, you know, in this movie, we have the context as the viewer that she is someone you can trust and he's making the right decision in this moment, right? But you could so easily see a version of this story where Angelina Jolie is not someone you can trust. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) And she could convince you that she is. And to put yourself in the perspective that that kid where like, He's watched both of his parents die. He's watched his father be brutally murdered. He literally has no one in the world. And there's, and he's in it, the vulnerability that he was able to like portray in that, in that scene is kind of what yeah. like anchors the whole film, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It I was agree. really, really good. And I do, yeah. And I think her relationship with that kid, like some of the, some of their interactions, I think were, very fun to yeah. watch. One, because he's just so yeah. good. <laughs> um, but also, I just think, like, her reactions to him felt very, like, natural and very, like, yeah. what that character would have – like, when she's ta- when she calls him buddy and he's like, my dad called yeah. me buddy. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh. Just kind of, like, annoyed at herself right. but also, like, oh, that sucks. Like, but also, like, kind of beating herself up about it and then just, like, what else does she say? Um, I forget. I I feel like she has like a couple lines that are just like v- some of the funniest lines in the movie. Well, like, just talking to that kid. The whole like feel about um like learning how to build a fire to like get girls. Um, very charming. <laughs> yeah. And then his response of just like getting hit by lightning made you weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, the fact that this movie that this lady gets hit by lightning twice in this movie. Yeah. So that was that that is some of the plot point stuff that I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. I'm also not an expert on lightning strikes and like how any of that works, but it, it doesn't seem to me like that's, um, (laughs) I feel like there are other ways to do a lot of the plot stuff you need without having lightning be two plot points in this movie. And neither of them are to start the fire. (laughs) Right. (laughs) True. Um, Um, yeah, I don't know the whole taking turns running across the field. Um, I don't know if you can like juke out lightning. I don't think that's a thing that can happen. I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. Um, I also don't know why it was important for her to get st- struck by lightning other than it's just like, it beats her up. Like she's constantly just getting more and more beat up throughout the, this film. But I, I, I would yeah, assume I that that's mainly it, that like, you know, this is a character who is physically exhausted and, and yeah. And beat up and, yeah. um, we they want to take her to the edge of that um you know yeah exhaustion um 
all of the survival stuff in this movie, I just fully trust it just because I don't have survival skills. And so it was like, okay, if you tell me to run and then lie down when there's lightning, I believe it. You know, like I was, yeah. Yeah. I'm an easy sucker for any of that. <laughs> um, I, I think, I, I think what, what weirded me out about that is just every other instance in this film is like smart people being mm-hmm. smart. And I love smart people being smart yeah. and then outsmarting other smart people who are doing just the best they right. can. It's not like somebody makes a big mistake. It's just people are smart and figure things out. So when they find the kid or find a, the photo of John Barenthal and his wife and like make the deduction that when they get into his bank account and see that he's like all of the stuff that the assassins are doing, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, these are things that just are smart people doing things. And I love watching that. And then when you get to the lightning thing, I'm just like, I don't know what this is. Like what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I obviously it didn't take me out of the movie in any way or anything like that. I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but I think everybody is just making good decisions, the best decisions they can in the, in, in the movie. Um, I think what I would have preferred is them to, I think do less up front and spend more time with the characters, uh, like I would have loved to see more time of Angelina Jolie getting to know that mm-hmm. kid. Um, I would have loved to see more time with John Barenthal and his wife, um, you know, pot, not necessarily like working together, but just like um, doing more of the stuff that they're doing in this mm-hmm. movie. It's a short movie. It's only, I think it's, it's just over an hour and a half. Um, so it flies by. And I just think by c- condensing the beginning a little bit um, and, giving us more more character um it actually could have been like a great movie but i don't have that's not like a complaint i think it's just one of the things i was noticing as i was watching it i was like i kind of want more of this yeah for me this movie was as good as it needed to be um and yeah i i think i just really appreciate that it was thrilling without being terrifying yeah um i think any movie that's incorporating fire can really run the risk of being too scary for me. Um, and yeah. I'm glad the movie didn't kind of torture us with that more in a way that it really could have. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, the scariest scene in the whole film, right. Was the fire poker with um, the wife. Um, yeah. Truly, definitely. truly. I mean, I was covering my eyes during that scene and I appreciated that the whole movie wasn't that, um, and but it was still thrilling and you're still concerned about these characters and invested um and so i'm just i'm really happy with this film and i'm glad that like we got just like kind of a classic thriller in this sense um it, you know to start the summer yeah, off i agree 100 percent. i think that movies like this um are few and far between i think like the mid-budget yeah um kind of thriller action movies and usually i feel like they're pretty bad when like when we do get them they're pretty bad and so to have one like this that is like a lot of fun i just it made me want more of these totally <laughs> so. totally well was there anything else that you want you would like to say about those who wish me dead i've got to also just say I don't think so. great title yeah uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that factors into the plot more in the book um, that this is sure. based off of. But I, I think it's a great title. I love it. Just like, I mean, you got to get props when a movie title is just, you know, a really good eye-catching title. Yeah, very catchy. Um, all right. Well, I'm really glad that we both enjoyed this movie. I can't wait for summer movie season to begin. Yes, I am it's happening. thrilled. We're back, baby. We are yep. back. Um, 
I am excited for y'all to stick around with us as we see movies again in theaters. Where can people <laughs> it's find you online, Lucas? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff, probably tweeting about uh, me going to theaters <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> I, I, when will I stop taking pictures every time I go to a theater is, is the real question. I know. And uh, you can find me online. You can see all those pictures I'm taking um, on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it. Go home. Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 